Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? What's up there, brother? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's been one heck of an interesting uh, Thanksgiving Day weekend in the Wallace household. <laughs> All I want to know is who won the money. Uh, nobody. Oh, you didn't do prices nope. rights rules? Oh, we did, dude. We did. I don't know if you remember. How um, did nobody win then? Because we had we had agreed without going over that. Huh? Go ahead. I said without going over. Uh, yeah, except for um, if if she had when she went to the doctor, we had said this one because we knew that she was going to the doctor last Tuesday, and we had said I had made it clear to everybody in the wager. I said if she goes to the doctor on Tuesday and the doctor does anything in an attempt to initiate labor then all bets are off because that's sort of the fixes in, you know what I mean? Because after that point, it's, it's, you know, something has happened, you know, beyond just the natural process to initiate this whole thing and make it happen. So I was like, listen, if, if that happens, if she goes in and the doctor does anything, then, then bet all bets are off. And when she went in on Tuesday, the doctor did this whole like, stripping membranes thing that initiated this whole regular contractions and labor. So, I mean, and I will be honest with you that had we not had that caveat to the wager, yours truly would have won. So then they get the money for diapers, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, they're probably uh, going to be getting the money for diapers and a whole lot more uh you know for uh for a while because obviously dude i mean they're you know they're in a tough position young couple having a brand new baby boy and i mean they're thankfully they're living here with us and you know that affords them the opportunity to not have to worry about uh you know not have to worry about rent and all that kind of stuff i mean they're really just sort of you know help really at, at this point you know the money that they're making is to pay their bills car notes that kind of thing and save money because eventually it's going to be about getting into their own place uh so like i say it's uh so you know for, when for is he going to join being, the service <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Do believe me. And obviously his father has been in the, you know, his father was in the army and, uh, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've obviously served and done all that good stuff too. Uh, I don't see that happening. I find it interesting how it seems like you have certain, certain kids who grow up in military families and they feel this sort of compulsion to want to serve and then you get other kids like my kids who are like, hell no, we're not doing that anymore. Like they, they, they have fully experienced the sense of sacrifice 
in their experience because they realize that it's despite it being a very unique and, and, and rewarding experience, they also realize that by virtue of the fact that I dragged them all over you know, the world for 20 years, there were a lot of things that they missed out on that they wished that they had had greater, you had had greater inclusion or effect in their life. Uh, yeah, uh, pro- I, I, probably. I would, you know, I think when they're older. Yeah. That that experience will come back. Like, I know they, yeah. they could probably regret it now, but I think when they're older that that's going to be, and that's just knowing people who grew up as service brats, whatever service, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, I mean, I just know that, but I don't know one of the, uh, <laughs> well, they're, well, they're, the, the kids are, they're very sensitive to the fact that, and I know it's the same thing. I'm sure it's the same thing for your kids. Uh, you know, they grew up all of their, you know, th- their childhood was a revolving door of people, particularly peers. Um, you know, that they, you know, I, I heard someone say the other day, or we may have probably have said it on the show as well. The, uh, the idea that, you know, your cousins are your first best friends. Yeah. Well, that's true. If you live around your cousins, mm-hmm. because when you don't, you're, you know, it's very easy for you to feel estranged from your cousins because you see them so rarely. It's just sort of like, oh, hey, what have you been up to? I mean, at least as a kid, that's how it feels. Uh, you know, as an adult, obviously, you know, you, you can sort of see more of them and you can identify they sort of leading their adult lives. Uh, but I know that for my kids, they've had virtually no contact with any of their cousins growing up. It just hasn't been in the cards. Uh, so it's, it's very difficult for them to feel that sense of clo- you know, closeness with them. Uh, and I know that that's something that they would really like, especially now that we're living so close to each other uh, and they're having these two children. I mean, Madison just had hers, had her little boy, Oliver. They're actually on their way home from the hospital right now. Uh, and Madison is having Rowan the end of January. I mean, having these two children so close, I am excited. I mean, especially a boy and a girl. I think it's going to be really neat to sort of see the two of them growing together. Uh, I mean, you're talking about two kids that essentially would be in the same grade together, going to school and all the rest of that stuff. Like, that's to me, that's really neat. Uh, And I hope that it's something that they relish. So, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was crazy town around here, man. Uh, Which, did you did you have you, to sit in the parking lot or could was there no waiting? No, room? no, no, no. They uh, because of COVID, they made it clear that when you know when when it was time to go. Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell the tale, and I don't. I'm, I'm going to try not to be long winded, even though that's a very difficult think of Ramundo. Ramundes, he heard the whole story this morning when I went to work. Uh, they, the deal was this, we don't live that far from the hospital. We live like eight minutes away from the hospital. No big deal. Uh, the doctor made it clear to Madison that, um, especially after her appointment, uh, on Tuesday, you know, she started having regular contractions, 
Uh, they were five minutes apart. She called the doctor that night and said, hey, you know, I'm having these contractions. What should I do? And the doctor says, well, uh, you know, you're so close to the hospital. There's really no reason for you to come in right now. Uh, go ahead and give me a call back when you get to the point where they're three minutes apart. That to me, I, I mean, I've, I've you know, been there for three kids, my three kids coming into the world and that process. That seemed a little uh, extreme That's a to me. Close. Yeah, three minutes apart. I get that we're only eight minutes up the road, but there is a lot for folks who are out there. And I know many of you have children yourselves and everybody sort of has their own story and their own experience. But to me, the whole point of going to the doctor or going to the hospital when you reach what is typical, like five minutes apart, something of that nature, the reason that they want you to come in there is because they need to start monitoring this situation. They need to be able to get a closer idea of what's happening with the baby, making sure that there's no complications, that the baby is not in distress, uh, all of that sort of thing. Uh, it seemed a little extreme to me that they would wait that long or want her to wait that long before she went in uh, because there's a lot of things that could happen in that time. Uh, thankfully, no, you know, nothing did, but it, that seemed a little precarious to me. Uh, but anyway, so by the time we got to Thanksgiving Day, so this is two days after her appointment, uh, she's having regular contractions. And I mean, they're getting shorter and shorter. They were sort of inconsistent. They got to, you know, two minutes, then six minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, three, you know, whatever. But she's having legit contractions at this point. And I'm cooking dinner. My, my oldest daughter, Mackenzie, she and I are hooking and jabbing in the kitchen, slinging turkey and all this stuff. Uh, busted my ass in that kitchen, made a whoop-ass Thanksgiving dinner. It was great. And right when it came time for me to serve this delicious smorgasbord to everybody, Madison and Parker were like, okay, we need to go now. <laughs> Thanks for all your help. So there was, all right, there was no Thanksgiving dinner for them. That's happening tonight with Thanksgiving leftovers. Uh, so they go, and uh, because of the whole COVID thing, you're allowed to bring one person. Obviously, that was Parker. Uh, but then, and this is one of the coolest things about our experience, was that when they found out that Jennifer is a nurse, they said that Jennifer could actually go down there to be in the delivery room, which was awesome. Uh, I say delivery room, like they give, they deliver the kid like in the same room. It's just weird. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, she went down there basically was like, yeah, I'm her birthing coach. I'm her, I'm her, uh, what is the word for uh, the birthing coach? The doula, the doula. You gotta love that word. Oh, excuse me. I'm the, I'm the doula. I've never heard that uh, before, so, but okay. No, you've never heard that? Yeah, so that's what they told uh, us. To me, it's the so, husband. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I will say, because Jennifer was really distraught. I mean, she knew she knows that both of the girls really want her to be there as part of their experience. And when all of a sudden it's like, well, you can't go. And she found out that she could. She was absolutely ecstatic. So she went down there. Eventually, we waited. She got admitted. We waited and waited and waited. Uh, it finally got to be Friday. So she'd, she, she went down there at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. She got admitted at probably about 11 o'clock that night. Uh, Jennifer didn't end up going down there until uh, 2 o'clock, I think. Something like that. 1 or 2 o'clock, I think, on uh, Saturday. 
and she went down there and she split and I'm just sort of sitting here at the house. And I actually went over to my brother's place and hung out with him and my nephew for a little while and just shooting the shit, whatnot. And finally I got to a point, I was like, all right, man, I'm just going to take off. I guess I'm going to head home. This thing's probably going to be happening soon, whatever. So I took off and I came home and I'm hanging out. I'm really thinking like, wow, this is going to be happening soon. Going to be happening soon. And nothing's happening. <laughs> like, Playing, I'm playing Red Dead Redemption and having a cocktail, and I ordered a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> what are you on the road? This is the, this, yeah, this is a, this, dude. This is this is a, this is the grandfather experience to to the you know the grandfather birthing experience. You know, have a cocktail. Yeah, you know, at least during COVID. I'm listening you know, to, have a cocktail, I'm listening to get, Zepp, Zeppelin three. You know, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's like I. I finally got to this point. I called my, I texted my brother and I was like, man, like this is taking forever. I feel like I should have just stayed and hung out at your place. And he's like, Oh man, we'll get your pizza and come back <laughs> over here. I said, of course. I, I said, dude, I, I said, dude, I can't do that. I said, honestly, I'm sitting here playing a video game. I've had a cocktail. I got pizza on the way and I got a feeling it's going to be a long, long time before I have a quiet enough house that I can just sit and do this. <laughs> so I'm going to take full advantage. And, uh, yeah, so then it got to be, it was actually right about nine o'clock at night. All of a sudden, Jennifer sends me, she texts me this picture of little Oliver James Fike. Yes, sir. Okay. His, his cheesy little face, his pudgy, cheesy little face. <laughs> I was just like, wow, dude, just crazy, you know? There were some things about the birthing experience that I know that for me and I spoke Jennifer, there were some things that happened that Jennifer really got heated about. Uh, you know, she, as a nurse, she felt like there were certain things that were happening as part of that process that were very reaction, were, were, were reactive instead of proactive. Yeah. Uh, there were things that they knew about. She lost a lot of blood in the birthing experience and delivery, and she didn't end up getting a blood transfusion until last night. It's like two days later. That seems a little extreme to me. Like you were there, doctor, so and so. You saw this. You literally remarked in the delivery room as to how much blood she had lost, and you didn't just order a transfusion. That seems a little strange. Uh, but regardless, uh, if they're if if they're not home already, they're on their way home. Finally, uh, he, Bill Rubin. If folks are familiar with that, it's basically the stuff that causes causes. Uh, jaundice and so his levels were a little elevated so he had to spend last night sort of baking under the lamp now give him some vitamin vitamin uh d drops yep mixed in with the milk i I mean right and i i mean i said i said madison was a little upset you know she didn't like seeing him in the little thing there with the lamp i said you know i spent i told her i said i spent some time under the lamp look at how i turned out (laughs) look at that (laughs) Look, look at He's got to, you know, right. it wasn't it wasn't cooked all the way. He's got to put him in the microwave. No, a little bit. I got to put him in the microwave a little. Get a little zap. Thirty so. seconds. Thirty <laughs> seconds. So yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Uh, the whole I'm going to say publicly on the show now for the folks that are listening. Uh, hopefully, you haven't turned the show off yet. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to tell all the folks out there that are not grandparents yet that so far. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
No, it's really, you know, this, this it's a really crazy show. experience. We, we choose what we talk about, and you know what? Mm. You're not qualified to be a grandparent. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no, because you it's... have no idea what it is. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying a whole this whole experience so far. I mean, as a dad, I was talking to Jennifer about this. I mean, as and I know you and I have talked about this as well. Like, as a dad with your wife, girlfriend, whatever, expecting. The whole pregnancy experience is very weird as, as a guy because you're not the one who's got this thing growing and developing in you. Yeah. You're not, you, you know, you're sort of detached from it. It's this thing that you talk about all the time and you see your significant other, you know, you see them changing and going through this yeah. experience. It's a spectator but sport. It is. You're like, well, I'm the same dude that I was when this thing started. I know everything you're... about football when I'm, when I'm watching it. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, but, you know, and, and it's like, but then all of a sudden, you know, you get to de- you get to delivery day and boom, here's this kid. And you're like, holy shit, this is real. All of a sudden there's a baby here now, um, which is an incredible feeling. Sometimes it can be a little it can be a little uh, intimidating, uh, whatever, especially when it's your first and you're like, I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just, you know, where's the owner's manual. I need somebody to tell me what I'm supposed to do now. Uh, which by the way, folks, there is no owner's manual. I mean, you can spend all the time you want reading, you know, what to expect when you're expecting and all the rest of that jive, but they ain't nothing like being in the fight. So, and then uh, when you, when you're, when you're to baby number five, it's like, yeah, no dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, it's true. I mean, like, I've got uh, I've got three, and then it's like, okay, the you know the grandbaby comes along, and you're sort of like, yeah, I've done this, you know, like we've done this before. But that's the thing is, like, a, as as a granddad, now you're in an even more detached situation. You know, you're not in there when the baby's being delivered. You're not in there counting while she's pushing. You're not in there like the whole kitten caboodle. You're like hanging out. I mean, even if the hospital was open, where would I have been? I would have been in a waiting room, hanging around, eating freaking hundred grand or something. I mean, <laughs> the random freaking, candy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> eating Twix. You know, it's the only cookie. It's only candy with a cookie crunch. Uh, that I mean, that's what it. And I, I'm obviously you're related and everything, but this is even you're even more detached. Like I say, I'm sitting here eating pizza and freaking playing video games, and all of a sudden it's like, oh look, here's this picture. Just showed up on my phone. Of you're my you're now a grand your grandfather. Yes, and I mean what's crazy. I said to Jennifer last night is that when you get down to it, and you know, I'm I'm a huge believer in the idea that I, at least with successful marriages, uh, you know, and 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 it was an interesting thing I heard. Have you been watching the show The Crown? No, it's on the list. You, we have. We've watched it. We're totally up to date. It is an amazing series. Uh, and it was right, there was this episode right when like Princess Diana and Charles are getting married. And of course, their marriage is a disaster, as everyone knows. But uh, there was a it was a, the guy who is essentially the, the priest who is delivering the, you know, in the ceremony. And he's sort of delivering his remarks about marriage. And he makes this remark about how marriage is not a destination. Marriage is a beginning. 
And it was very interesting hearing him say that because I think that for a lot of people, especially young people getting ready to get married and they think about this whole thing, like their relationship has finally reached this place, you know, and, and the reality is, is that your relationship hasn't reached anywhere yet. I mean, obviously it's a huge commitment, you know, to, to, to bond, bond yourself to this other person, but you know, I think about the Jennifer, me and Jennifer, and how much, how much has happened in the twenty-three years that we've known each other, and the twenty-two years we've been married. Uh, and it really is—it's an adventure. It's—it's it's incredible. Uh, and like I say, it's just—it's you know, this is just another step of this. I find it interesting that I, I feel like if you're in a successful marriage. The longer you're together, the more you start to see each other as not like two people. You become, as time goes on, you become like this singularity. And I think that people start seeing you that way. You know, other people look, I know that, uh, I know that we have friends that look at me and Jennifer and they have openly said to us, like, I can't imagine one of you without the other one. You know, you're just like Siamese twins or something. <laughs> and in that in that sense, it's like that's what's amazing having a grandchild because you realize that here's this kid. You're half of you and your spouse are half of that kid. That whole idea of like perpetuation of your gene pool or whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, that's pretty at the top wild. Top of the tree, you look down. Look, I got another branch. Right. <laughs> what? what? Right. I got a little you're branch. Up. Little branch you're, yeah, there. yeah. You're looking. You're looking up at the tree. That's what that's what you've realized, man. At some point, you're sort of like, I'm not at the top of the tree. I'm getting down towards the bottom of the tree. I'm starting to look up now. Yeah. So pretty wild, man. Pretty wild times. It's and, real uh, times. Yeah, man. And uh, so made a made an awesome pecan pie. I was super excited. It came out super good. If anybody's actually looking for a great uh, pecan pie or pecan pie. Uh, recipe, look on the back of a bottle of Cairo syrup. They got a great recipe back there, man. Uh, and especially if you, if you buy like the Pillsbury pie crust, the stuff that you, you know, you put in the, in the bait, in the pie dish and you bake that with nothing in it, bake that for like five, six minutes and then put the whole mixture with the pecans and everything in it. Dude, it, shit came out like candy. It was so good. It was like candy. It was like candy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were pretty excited, man. We did green bean casserole. I made mm. my mother's stuffing, which came out awesome. I was so happy that it came out good. My mother always had such an, an, an incredible Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day stuffing or dressing. Uh, yeah. And uh, just the mashed potatoes. We did the legit mashed potatoes instead of instant. Uh, we actually made this thing that was roasted uh, Brussels sprouts, butternut squash, dried cranberries, pecans, and topped with, uh, they're all roasted and, and, and mixed up and roasted with uh, maple syrup. God, it was good. It was delish. So, and, and you also sent me the the snow. Oh, yeah. That was... Wednesday, Friday. I believe it was Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We, uh, I was at work, and we're 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 finally at that point where we're bringing boats inside the shop, 
and they're covered in snow. <laughs> Not now. Now it's just raining because strangely, it's all of a sudden like in the mid fifties. It's the it's 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 four thirty in the afternoon, sixteen thirty for those military folk, uh, and it's warmer now than it's been all day. So, uh, kind of strange, just, you know, all this, all this global climate change and everything, you know? Uh, so yeah, no, it was, it was a good weekend. I have, I've had a piece of pie every day. There you go. I have, and I'm not even ashamed. I, I shan't be ashamed. I shall not be ashamed. I shall not. I'm just the way God made me, sir. Yes. So I'm how just... was your, how was your holiday? How was your holiday? I've been yapping here. Uh, Good. Uh, the 18 pound grass fed free range uh, turkey. The only thing that I can say about this turkey, remember the $100 turkey, right? Yes. Uh, is that the meat was more dense. Hmm. It was way more dense than your regular bird. Really? Yeah. So maybe it's all that walking around freely. <laughs> right. <laughs> really. The thing was getting it swole getting getting swole. But but the taste and here's the other weird thing. Uh they cleared out everything for you. So when you cut it, when you carved it up, there was nothing you know, you have all that crap in the middle, like you know, you pull everything out, right? But like it was very cavernous. So what okay. you're cutting is meat. And on an 18-pound turkey, it's like a Viking turkey leg. So, of course, my my oldest son's like, I want the leg. And he was eating it. And he he literally, he, he picked that bone really? clean. And I was like, wow, you're really hungry. He's like, yeah. But what he wants to do, what he wants to do is like, he's like, well, I, I kind of want to, he's a Boy Scout. I want to carve it into like a, like a knife. And I'm like, uh, a, a bird leg is not no. what you're going to use that for, no. like. Yes. They're too brittle. Hence why you don't feed them to dogs. Well, then I could say... Well, but that's his next... Like, well, when we get a dog, no. I could save it for the dog. He's like, nope. Can't do that with the bird leg either. He's like, well, what damn good are they then? But... But I will tell you, the sweet potato... Uh, the sweet potatoes were as... Uh, I mean, it, oh, they're God, like I do. The way you described I mean, I them just, in, a, in the, our last episode, son, it absolutely yeah. scrumptious. Yep. Yep. Nope. It, yeah. And so... That was Thursday, uh, Friday, Black Friday specials. You know, I went out. Um, I was going to give the report on Friday. Uh, but luckily, uh, you, when you go out for that kind of stuff and you try, you're looking for X, yeah. the new Xbox, at least all the businesses were smart and said, if you're waiting out here for an Xbox or a, a PlayStation 5, we don't have any. And every, like, more than three quarters of the line. Oh, shit, left. there you go. That's smart. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was very fortunate But that they did that. Um, even the exchange right. did that. So that was good. Uh, but I'm, I'm like 90% really? done. I've really yeah. been harassing Jennifer about it. I have. Between, between like, online yeah. sales and all that, and stuff's already got here. From really? what I ordered on Friday. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I've we've 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 gotten lists from everybody, 
And uh, it's just, I've been telling her, I know we've been busy, obviously we've had our hands full and everything, but I'm like, we really need to hurry up and get this done. You know, I mean, the kids with the kids, it's like, they're all strapped. I am not concerned about how much stuff they get for whatever. Um, Jennifer and Kenzie, they usually go a little crazy with Christmas uh, to the point where it sort of becomes unnerving for me. Uh, But I did tell Jennifer, I was like, hey, man, we've got a certain amount of money saved. That's our expenditure for Christmas. We are not touching credit cards. We're not doing any of that crap. You know, this is the amount we've got to spend. When we're go- when that's gone, we're done. Uh, so, you know, I think we've been starting to. I know, I know. Last night she was starting to dig in. I've, you know, I've gotten a couple things too. Uh, so, I don't think it's going to be as crazy as we think. I mean, it, I think that this Christmas is going to be kind of laid back. And it's been such a crazy year, man. It's been such a crazy year, and it's just gotten crazier for us. And you know, I think that really for us. Uh, you know, with everything that has been going on between, uh, you know, Madison had her baby shower and then it was like two weeks later, three weeks later, it was her birthday and then Thanksgiving and then Matt, you know, Mackenzie's baby shower is like next is this coming weekend and then it's Christmas and then her birthday's right after. I mean, it's just, it's one thing after the next man. And it just when it, it's all this stuff with arranging this stuff as far as, oh, okay, baby showers, send out invites. You know, what are we going to do? We got to have games. Uh, oh, it's Thanksgiving. We got to make sure that we get the turkey and do all the cooking. And, you know, it's just this, you, I, the, 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 this, the feeling is like you've got enough time between each of these things to basically come to the surface and take another big gulp of air and just dive back down. Uh so I, I kind of have a feeling like by the time we get to Christmas, it's going to kind of be like, okay, some gifts, let's chill. <laughs> it's like, let's just enjoy, let's just enjoy what we're, you know, being here together and all that sort of stuff. So what do you, but yeah, it feels, it feels comfortable doing that. And then Saturday I watched the Mike Tyson. I heard it fight. was terrible. Well, so People going in there didn't understand that it's it wasn't really a fight. It's an exhibition. Okay. So if you don't know what an exhibition is, uh, Rocky versus Hulk Hogan right. in yeah. Rocky 3 exhibition. Rocky or Apollo Creed versus Drago was supposed to be an exhibition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a goodwill. But, it's like a goodwill. You know, that was an exhibition. Yeah. So. Uh, they kept score, uh-huh. quotation marks, but there is no losers. At one point, the rules changed on fight night where there was not supposed to be any knockout. Like mm-hmm. there couldn't be a knockout. And if anybody got cut, then uh, they would also stop the fight. Like if it okay. was a bad cut. So and and this is part of Mike Tyson's is starting. It's called a Legends okay. League. So all these fighters that are elderly <laughs> over past their prime okay yeah then that's what it's called but uh one of the undercards was a youtuber uh jake uh-huh. paul and an ex-nba bas- basketball player no Nate Robinson, right are you serious yes. and let me tell you like, let me tell you well there are memes 
like the internet con because Nate Robinson got knocked the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> like he is at like out. No like, way. He put him to sleep. It's got to be on YouTube. Yes. It is. It is on. Yes, oh it is on God. YouTube. But let me tell you. Amongst other things, like that was one of the, but one of the be- better things of the night was that Snoop Dogg was a commentator all night. Oh no, I bet that was. Oh, I, bet I that want was him to commentate awesome. everything. I want him to comment. He needs to on Monday night football. Everything. Monday night football, just like last week, he should be well, on there. Oh yeah, and you know what? I don't know if you know this or not. He played football. Yeah. He was a wide receiver. Uh, and he is a very successful, uh, what Pop Warner football? Oh, okay. Coach. Oh yeah, his son. His son, I think. Believe I think he plays in the Pac-10. I think I had heard about as that. a wide yeah. receiver too. But he, but let me tell, dude, his commentating is <laughs> the best. And I mean, at one point he was singing hymnals because after Nate Nate Robinson got <laughs> oh, oh no. Lord, come. Help me stand because he got knocked out. Like, oh, I oh, gotta yeah, watch dude. this. And and one of the better lines is when Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. started their fight. He was like, "This is like my two uncles fighting at at, at the picnic, <laughs> Grandma, Grandma. They're doing it again. Yeah, yeah. They're fighting at the picnic, like, dude. That's oh awesome. God. Yeah, I had seen a I had seen a meme, and it was uh, it was the two of them staring each other down at the weigh in. And uh, and the and the the caption to the meme basically said something like, uh, "When the two gunnies in the shop decide they've had enough of each other." Oh yeah, it was obvious that like Mike Tyson uh, was really well trained as far as like being in shape, and Roy Jones oh, Jr. Yeah. Well, was that's not. The, what I had heard was that it would just it was that I had heard that uh, Jones spent a lot of time running around the ring and anytime that he got close to Tyson, he did nothing but just wrap him up, wrap him up and run away, wrap him up and run away. And so, I mean, obviously folks were like, dude, this is ridiculous. I mean, well, and that, and they talked about that uh, because one of the things that the ref yeah. should have done is once he said like, once they started doing it, and they knew that that was going to be Roy, uh, Roy Jordan Jr.'s, like, right. that's his thing, is, like, he's got to break them up quicker right, sure, to get yeah. them fighting. Because they did, they made the ring smaller, so then that way to induce right. fighting. Um, they made, like, they did a bunch of things, and uh, the, the rounds were only uh, two okay. minutes uh, yep. instead of three. So if they wanted to really like start getting at it, they had to get at it a lot right. quicker. So, yeah. So it was, um, was it worth, it, the, was, it, it was, was it worth what you said? Uh, well, I didn't. Spend oh, anything. I thought you wasn't this like a pay-per-view thing. It okay. was, I'm not going to ask any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, absolutely, it was worth every penny. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, because like I say, I'd seen some people on Facebook that were like, that was like like the worst 16 minutes of my life. I'll never get my time or my money back. 
It's like, oh man, eek. Hey, so there you go. Every penny that I paid, it was worth it. Every single penny. Yeah, there was there was no way I was going to pay for that with all those rules and shit. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then it ended up being a draw. That's what and I heard. Was, I heard it, that I, after all of the shit that happened, it was like nobody even won. Yeah, well, and and let me tell you, you watch that fight. If you know anything about boxing, Mike Tyson won. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's I think that's what everybody sort of that was the general consensus. I mean, given and I know we've talked about it before, but I mean, given the choice for me between boxing and, and UFC, I will watch boxing any day. I just prefer it. I mean, when I was over at my brother's place, uh, hanging out on Wednesday or, or Friday night, uh, his son has this. It's like Xbox game, but it's it's like a UFC game, dude. I'm like in there. I'm I'm playing this thing. I don't know. You even know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm whooping some ass. <laughs> I got freaking who am I? Conor McGregor. I think that's who was I. I think I was Conor McGregor. Oh, and you know who? You know who else I was in one of the other fights on the game, man? I was freaking Kimbo Slice. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I totally forgot about that dude. See, I, and and I have on the Oculus, I have Creed, which is all the the Rocky Cannon. Right, yeah. Like all the all the significant like fighters from that, but sure. there's no way there's no way they could do uh, UFC just because of the grappling. Like, how would that look? Oh on no, the like- oh, no, no, that would that could be interesting, dude. I mean, especially I don't know. I mean, it would be kind of kind of hard to do. I mean, I'm on it. I'm just like I'm hitting the buttons, and I'm like, okay, is this punch or is that kick or where's my special move? You know, whatever. My guy just I don't know. He keeps just throwing and punches and kicking and. You know, then the guy get down, getting on top of the dude, and you know, hammer fist in his face and whatever. Uh, but Kimbo Slice, my brother was freaking reminding me of, uh, you know, Kimbo Slice, how he started out. I totally forgot about this until he reminded me that he was he was having that dude making videos of him having he was he was yeah, fighting, street fighting. Yeah, he was fighting people in his backyard, and like one of the people that he's fighting. This dude, he's beat, he knocked this dude's eyeball out. <laughs> yeah, he was a street fighter, man. What was... in the world is this? what? Like, who does this? Because that was that was during the time of like backyard fights. That was like a DVD that would come oh, yeah. out. Yep. And then, uh, like, just uh, what what was that? Like Bam Mar- Margolis or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Mar Margeris, right? Margeris, and and just you know all the stupid stunts that people would do jack it like, it's and... like bum fights yeah bum you fights remember, you remember bum one. fights <laughs> everybody uh, was like i can't believe how cruel it's like i don't know aren't they giving them money or something like to do this it's that affinity to watch those those fail videos where people are like oh, oh yeah yeah and... it's like uh what is it uh what is the there's the show on television world's like world's stupidest whatever yeah no you no know? yeah those things are freaking ridiculous. And of course they have like, uh, they have all the commentators, uh, these like semi-famous people. They've got like, uh, what's her name there? The, uh, the figure skater, Tanya Harding. Oh, sweet. Oh yeah. She's <laughs> on there. She's like one of the commentators. Bear no expense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the guy's name? The redheaded guy from, uh, what was he on? Uh, Danny Bonaduce. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, why did I just say that? I don't know. 
<laughs> well, was he? He was. Uh, he was he in was the Partridge, Partridge family. family. Yeah, yeah, Partridge family. And <laughs> yeah. He, dude, that guy, he's got a he's got a checkered past, man. Oh well, like shit. he was into some. Not everybody can be Charlie Sheen. Dude, <laughs> he came close. He came close, dude. And like he's one of these guys, and they have comedians and stuff, you know, who are on there. That dude, but I we started with out with the birth of a child, and now we're here. <laughs> now we're talking about bump fights. <laughs> bump fights. <laughs> dude, you're right, but I mean, there's a compulsion. It's like it's like watching a car wreck. You no, can't yeah. turn away. You cannot. It's, this and is why like, oh, rubbernecking oh, oh, oh. is a problem. This is why rubbernecking is a problem because, dude, you're driving down that highway and you see that car in flames and you know whatever body bags and the worse it is the 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 more compelled you are to turn your head and have to see what the hell's going on you gotta see you gotta see it's just crazy it's crazy so uh no but you like uh, we were going down the rabbit hole of 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 this and it made me think of uh when we had nace on and like why the Buffalo Bills fans have to jump yes. off of high objects, right, and onto the, tables, yeah, and end up in the hospital? Yeah, I don't. I, where, where, I and don't why? Even, I and it's only, acceptable. It is, but I think that that has something to do with, you know, like you say, that has something to do with like that. It, it's the same thing as that backyard freaking that backyard stuntman thing. I mean, you see those things, all the kid jumping off the roof onto a folding table, like somehow this thing is. And I think a lot of that grows totally just presumption here. But I I think that a lot of that rose out of professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, no, I I mean, uh, believe me, I used to watch that shit. We, me, we would wrestle like that all the time, especially on a trampoline, dude. Oh, yeah. On a trampoline. Oh, yeah. No holds barred. But that's what I'm saying. Is it? But then kids would take it to another level. It wasn't about being on the trampoline. It was about like, you know, like you're jumping from the top rope and you're gonna land on some dude's, you know, neck. But instead of that, it's just I'm gonna jump off the roof onto this folding table, and you know, like like Superfly Jimmy Snooker. There's there's some there's some Will Ferrell movie where like they're doing something. And, and and something happens and he like he falls or they're playing like wrestling or whatever. He's like, Come on, man, stop playing. Get up. Get up. And he's just like laying there on the ground. It's like stop out cold. Playing, man. <laughs> right. Nope. Dude, he it's like knock the fuck out. <laughs> dude, it's like I freaking I was watching. I don't even know what the hell this was on. I think we were just flipping through the channels and it got to that whole world's stupidest whatever. And this dude was jump he you know, you had those big trash cans. You know, it's like a big 30-gallon at least, like maybe 45-gallon trash can that, that the city gives you or whatever. Um, and it's got the big lid that flips off of it. And this dude has determined that he is going to, like, jump off the roof and try to execute a backflip and land in the trash can. Needless to say, he fails at this. <laughs> Needless to say. <laughs> because... <laughs> It because wouldn't be on the show. It wouldn't be he on didn't. TV if he if he succeeded, you know. No one wants to see success. Dude, and you see the agony see, of defeat. You see <laughs> the replay of this and the way his body bends. <laughs> the way his body bends, dude. And it's like the guy ends up separating his shoulder. He like dislocates something else. 
hyper extends his neck. I mean, he's jacked <laughs> up, dude. You see him like it's like the it's like later that night after he got back from the hospital and he's all like in a neck brace and a sling on his arm and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah. So I mean, I sort of missed the trash. <laughs> he's like, dude, what are you on? What are you on? Well, I mean, you know, perspective is a hell of a thing because when you're older, but I, you know. Meth uh, is a terrible drug. It's a terrible because, drug. Because, I, you know, and I I have not watched stuff like that on TV. I watch stuff like that occasionally on my phone. Yeah. Just so my kids don't see it to get me ideas. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, dude, the, the one that I love is the... the the one that I I love the ones that the kids were skateboarding, and it's like the kid who does he like the kid is trying to like, I don't know what what do you call that when you're like on the skateboard you're trying to like ride down like a handrail, oh yeah on a set of stairs yeah but what, what's that called you're scrabbing a rail, okay yeah scrab scrabbing rail no, that's what no it is. grabbing grabbing a rail like hey, grabbing a rail rail okay. slide rail rail slide, slide. okay no. we'll call it that. They have, and, they make up these stupid names for them now, but back when we invented it, we called it a rail slide. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when my generation invented the OG, the OG has spoken. <laughs> the OG. No, like where the kid like, and it's this video I've seen it. I don't know how many times because it's always on these shows, and the kid is trying to do this type of thing. He falls off and he goes to break his fall. And he snaps his arm in half. Yep. And you hear it go pop. And then you know what? You immediately grabs and the his cast protects it, and you do it again. Oh, dude, no! I was, I was no, no, that generation. No. Like that's dude, what you do. This guy, this kid, he his arm pops. <laughs> he immediately stands up and grabs his arm, and his forearm. It's like it, the bone comes out of his elbow, you know, and then the rest of his, <laughs> the rest of his forearm is like four inches below his elbow. <laughs> And he's, as soon as he hits the ground and it pops, he jumps up. The first thing he says, call my mom, call my mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, and you see all his friends are like, oh, they're all just like, they can't even look at him. And he's just walking around in circles. Call my mom, call my mom. <laughs> I know that that's twisted, man. I, I will say, I, I, <laughs> but this I've been around situations laugh. like that. Um, oh and God. it's not, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties, you couldn't just call my mom. Right. Um, we're going to walk back to your house. No, that's, that's what we did. It's like, <laughs> that's all you can do is like, just don't move. Right. I'm going to your house right now. And oh then, my God. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I see. I see stuff like that, and it makes me laugh. I know that's a that's maybe that makes me a terrible person. I don't know, but I, I'm watching people do foolish stuff and stuff, something like that. No, you and... learn. You learn how to fall really quick. Oh and, yeah, and, and you know that's the thing with with the earlier skateboarders. I mean, any skateboarder now too that really really does it is that that's the first thing you do is you learn. Which bones that you have on your body are there to protect you from falls and which ones aren't? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, you really do, man. But yeah, because uh, I, re- I remember the first time I skated 
a 12 foot vertical ramp, a vert ramp as they call it in the biz, but it was, it wasn't on skateboards. It was on rollerblades. Oh yeah. You were talking about this. Yeah. How terrifying that was to just look straight down, straight down. Like, you know, some might say into the abyss, but, and then you just like, okay, you, you practice on a six foot one. It's like, Oh, this is nothing. Right. Okay, great. Right. And, but when you get up to that 12, Oh no. Like, yeah. And then Ugh. it's the fear. Yeah. <laughs> no, legitimately, man. I mean, cause I yeah. remember the first time I dropped in on that fucking thing, dude. Oh my God. I freaked <laughs> the fuck out. And it's like, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to rollerblade anymore. It's like, whoa. <laughs> right. And then all the skateboard, you know, what made me mad was that all the skateboarders were laughing at us. Oh, of course. Cause they were like, and this is before, like, yeah. Like they were like, okay, even allowing us to do, to be in the skate park was a thing. Right. Until they saw what we could do. And then it was like, okay, well, let's do this. And I, the first time, and they're all fucking laughing at us. And that made me oh, bad. Oh, God, like, I can fuck imagine. These guys. Ugh. Yeah. No. Like I say, man, it's, it's watching it's, pe- people doing stuff like that. You know, it's like the. Yeah. Sometimes, <sighs> you know, and, and it's that, that switch, you know, like. There, there is a Joaquin was talking to me about this movie he saw and it had like people at a lake and they were cliff diving. Right. And I'm, he's like, I go, I've done that. He's like, you've done that. I'm like, yeah, but I like where I grew up, uh, Lake Grapevine, there's a spot and they have an arrow and you know, like you got to trust that the arrow is right. And that like, it is in high tide, low tide, you know what I mean? Like right, in right. a lake, like, okay. But you're like, fuck it, there. Just f- jump out towards the arrow, and you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I've never done like any insane stuff like that, like like real serious cliff the cliff diving. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I remember going out to these quarries around here, and in the summertime, and jumping off some of these cliffs, and they were maybe like twenty feet high, something like that. Nothing ridiculous. Um. But I do remember going out to this particular quarry over in Topsom, the next town over here. And there were some, there were some cliffs up there, man, at this quarry that were pretty freaking high. I mean, we're talking, they had to have been 60, 70 feet high. And this was the summer. The one that I have is maybe like 18, 20 feet. Oh dude. It was, which is two story people. Well, right. I mean, what was, what was crazy is that my girlfriend at the time, she was a year ahead of me in school. She was, she was just graduating and she had company that came out from Hawaii and she had these cousins and they were Hawaiian and we go out to the freaking, we go out to the quarry and like this kid is standing there, like her cousin's standing there, uh, like the edge of the cliff. And he's like looking over the side and he just freaking leaps, dude. Like no running start, no nothing. I mean, he just leaps off the side of this thing. And I'm like, holy shit. Cause I mean, I had been looking down and I'm thinking like, you're out of your freaking mind. There's no way I'm jumping off this thing. And he just like, like it's nothing. It just takes off. I was like, dude, you're crazy. There is no freaking way. There's no way. I mean, the only time that I ever saw something like that was being in Hawaii 
and actually going up uh, Monowilly Falls, this big you know trail that you hike up into the jungle, and when you get to the end, there's this big you know there's this waterfall there, and these locals, dude, like it was crazy. They would climb this rope, and they'd get to the top of this cliff, which is above the canopy. It's like in the canopy in the trees. And these dudes would jump off into this pool of water at the bottom of the waterfall. And they're literally coming through the trees and landing in the water. I'm like, you're all freaking out of your mind. What are you doing? You know, but they've been doing this shit since they were like eight. I mean, they're just like, whatever. (laughs) What's what they do? What, brah? No, it's nothing, brah. You know, I'm like, okay, you can stick with that. I'm good. I mean, again, we're talking about the fail videos. The, rock, the the cliff diving video where the guy, I don't even know where the hell this is. You ever seen the video where the guy goes to, to jump off the cliff? And he's like, oh, I'm going to jump in the water. And these people are like, don't do it, don't do it, whatever. And all of a sudden he jumps and he, yeah, he chose poorly. Because he does not make it far enough out there. And he just freaking hits the side of this cliff. It's like dirt. I mean, it's all like dirt primarily. It's not like rock. But you see him hit this thing and just sort of like flop down the side of this and land and people are screaming these women are like oh my God! you know whatever just like you dumbass what are you thinking what are you thinking yeah, all right man. jump off this thing like you're okay dude yeah yeah, yeah. take I mean, your life in your own hands thanks you know i i played that game but i i put that game to retirement ah uh, yeah yes no thanks <laughs> no thanks <laughs> None of that. I don't need that in my life. Well, it's New Music Monday. It is New Music Monday. I got a goodie. Oh. I man. do. We'll uh, decide that. <laughs> guess 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 who just released a new album? Thirty years since the release of their first album. The Smashing Pumpkins. Dude, you didn't even give me a second to fucking guess. Why are you going to ask a question? Well, because it's like probably there's like a million bands that released albums 30 years ago. That was a pretty poor question to ask. No, 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 no. Because that's a very specific date. Like that's that's 90s. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. So, I mean, I. Yeah. Knowing you. But yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Just released this new album. Uh, I think it's called Seer, C-Y-R. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Seer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is, you know, you and I have talked pretty in depth about uh, the turn that you 2 took uh, yes. when they came out with Octung Baby. Yep. Wow, man. This is not, this is not, um my 90s former self grunge guy metalheads smashing pumpkins I not wonder, at, not at all i wonder when's the last time they released an album i was wondering the same thing i had actually uh gosh i i can't even remember what uh what their last album was um, I remember, let me see. Shiny, you know, 2018. See, so yeah, yeah. 2018. 2018? Yep. Really? Shiny and Bright Volume 1. Wow. This is a double album, this new one. Uh, and it actually is, um, 
It is all of the original members except for, I believe it's Darcy, the bass player. Yep, they uh, had some problems with her. They did, <laughs> and they did. Apparently, she just forgot how to play the bass. <laughs> <laughs> what? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that, that was like, and maybe, you know, one of the things in... Uh, it's been a it's I think even the last album they they like know uh, was that she just like didn't play bass for a long time and like hey we're gonna put the band back you know we're gonna make an album she's like uh and then you know if they want to move in a different direction and her facilities aren't there you know we just can't play what we played in the 90s or the early 2000s uh, we we gotta we want to move forward yeah they got rid of her ass that's crazy. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, like I say, um, this, this band has really evolved in a very, very big and profound way. I mean, for me, uh, I mean, I, I've never been some like drooling all over myself, smashing pumpkins fan, but I do like them. Uh, my favorite album by them is probably Siamese Dream. Yeah, I mean, mel- everyone likes Melancholy. Me- Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is a good album. I think it's a little long, and I think there are some tunes on there that uh, I just don't get. I, I yeah. They sort of lack relevance for me. Dude, this, um, Disarm was like my jam. Like, I remember, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that brings it back to college for me. Like, wow. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there were some... with this smile. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, what was the freaking... Oh, what was it? Off of Melancholy. I'm trying to look at the playlist. I think it's actually... Tonight, uh, tonight. You know, the Bullet world with... is a vampire. No, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Yeah. Dude, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Yeah. Well, zero. I mean, dude, zero. <laughs> when that song came out, and now, mind you, again, when this album first came out, I was kind of like, eh, I just don't know, man. I don't know if I'm really, and I didn't really get into that album until, God, it was at least, at least three or four years later, maybe three years later. I sort of, my buddy Mike, who plays in my band, obviously, I played with him for years. Back then, around 1997, 98, he was like, dude, you need to listen to this album. And I was like, oh, man, because Billy Corgan has that vocal, has that vocal styling that's almost in a way similar to like uh, Dave Mustaine. He has like that sort of whiny, you know, I mean, he doesn't do the whole thing, but I mean, he's got his like kind of whiny sensibility with his or styling with his vocal. And a lot of people just, you, you either love it or you freaking hate it. Uh, I give, and a lot of people are sort of like, oh, you know, Billy Corgan's like full of himself, whatever. Uh, you remember that version of Landslide that came out that they did? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, dude. Really? Yeah. You, you need to listen to it. Yeah, no, it's... He like Billy Corgan is just such an incredibly driven artist. Uh, I mean, when they did Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, I remember an interview with him and he was talking about something like they actually wrote like over a hundred tunes before they actually like went into the studio and decided which tunes they wanted to use for the album. And hence it's a double album, but still like to write that much material 
to yeah, work. that's a lot. That's a <laughs> lot of stuff. That's a lot of material. But that's, you know, he's like a freaking machine, you know, coming up with all this stuff. This new album, I will tell you, just having given it a listen, it is, again, it is not, it's not your uncle's, you know, freaking Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, you know, one of the things. Oh, that I can't I, wait to hear it. Like, I mean, one of the things I've always loved about Smashing Pumpkins is that really big, fuzzed out guitar that really big fat wall of sound, uh, you know, just all that stuff. Um, this is very synth driven. This new album is very, very synth driven. A lot of it is almost like, uh, almost pseudo like dubstep, uh, you dubstep. know, like techno, uh, almost like, almost like house music. It's very, it is not, like I said, and, and apparently, apparently it's Billy Corgan, James Eha, and uh, Jimmy Chamberlain are on the album and they have this other guy playing bass. Uh, but like I say, when I first heard it, I was like, whoa, dude, this is not, I mean, if you took Billy Corgan's voice out of this mix, I'd be like, I have no idea who it was. Wow. And if I told you, if somebody told me you're smashing pumpkins, I'd be like, uh, "You're crazy." That is no freaking way. <laughs> is is, is uh, what's his Ehaw? Um, mm-hmm. Is he on the album? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that his approach is just completely, completely changed. I mean, that whole one of the things that I always loved about James Ehaw was his ability to be able to utilize feedback. I mean, he could just take like these some of the some of the guitar solos that he would play, and his integration of feedback into those solos, or just to be able to ride feedback into something that they're doing, just sort of soaring over. It was like, whoa, man! Just huge guitar sounds, and I mean, this, like I say, this this there's nothing like that on here. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely for folks who are interested. I'll. I'll uh, the the single they've released released is "Save Your Tears" off of "Sear" by the Smashing Pumpkins. So that's my contribution for New Music Monday. Nice, yeah, man. man. So what do you got? Mine is super new. Okay, like to me, and the guy's not famous. Uh, I mean, he's not American famous. <laughs> okay, um, and. I learned about him and, you know, like when you have Facebook videos and like, you might like this or whatever. Right. And it was a, every once in a while, cause I, I just like watching the, the auditions for like American Idol. Oh yeah. They're hilarious. But this guy sang this song is like, Oh shit. What song is that? And he, and so I rewound like, I was like, Oh, it's by this guy. His name is Foy Vance. Foy. Yeah. F O Y. Vance. Oh, okay. And, it's lo- and it took me, like, I like the song and I found it finally. And it's from his live album, uh, Live at, uh, what, Live at Banger Abbey, right? Uh, he's an Irishman. Okay. And apparently, you know, he's, he's gone on tour with Elton John and Josh Groban and Ed Sheeran. Wow. Um, but yeah, man, uh, the the song is freaking. I, I was like, "Holy crap, dude! I love this song." Really, uh, I fell instantly in love with this song, and it's called "Make It Rain." Okay, 
Yeah, and it's just him, uh, like playing, starting off with acoustic guitar. Um, but dude, I was like, wow. What uh, uh, what genre are we talking about? Uh, I like singer songwriter. Is that, okay. Are we saying that's a genre? It's, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Are we saying that's a? I mean, uh, well, I mean you know. just talked about Ed Sheeran and all that shit. I mean, that's what I would call them. Dude, just like when when the sins of my father weigh down in my soul, and the pain of my mother will not let me go. I know there can be fire from the sky to refine the purest of kings, even though I know this fire brings me pain. Lord, just the same. Make it rain. Make it rain. Wow. Heavy. Yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> what? He's a poet. He's an, he's an Irish poet. Irish. There you go. Well, that's cool, man. Can you share something on the page? Yeah, of course. Yeah, dude. It's, it's an amazing song. No, I want to check that out Ed, for sure. I think Ed Sheeran actually covered it as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So nice. that's, dude, when you have someone like big like that, you know, covering uh, yeah. the tune. No, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Good for him. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, uh, like I said, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go see if my grandson's home. <laughs> <laughs> New York. <laughs> yes, I know. It's awesome. Are we, is this, is it going to be a thing like, you know, now, like, you know, babies crying in the background? <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to find a closet or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I'm in the garage. Right, right. Exactly. I've, I've yes. literally converted the garage into like a place that I can go. Yeah. And, 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 and broadcast. Just for the podcast. That's right. That's what it's for. You know, adding the TV <laughs> and video games and all that for the podcast. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It has a purpose. It has a purpose. <laughs> this is a work. This is a workspace. I don't know. Like, <laughs> have you, have you, you've entered a new, like, you know, are you going to be ostracized from your friends now that you're a grandfather? <laughs> you know, and I don't know. It's kind of, I mean, I guess it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. I certainly look like one these days. I mean, this freaking beard. No, I know. But because you remember when when it was just you and Wally going out and then a kid comes along. It's kind of like, oh. Well, we didn't ask you to go out because you guys have kids now, so it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, we had kids before any of our friends had kids, so, I mean... And I think, if anything, it was just... It was the exact opposite, you know, like you say. It was it was the whole thing of... If it was anything, it was, like, the whole thing where, like, oh, you know, you guys have kids now, so we're not, you know, we didn't call you. I mean, I don't know. We Our place has always been freaking party central anyway, man. Ask freaking ask Joe Miller, he'll tell you. Ask freaking he'll tell ask you. Ask freaking Nace Keo. Yeah, now everybody always came to the everyone. Everyone always came to uh, House Wallace. Yeah, for for their fun. So yeah, we I don't I don't think we really missed out on much, you know. And there wasn't any. There were no DUIs involved or anything. So that was always go. good. So. But uh, so for the folks out there who are checking out the show, hey, thank you so much. Um, you know, thanks so much for the kind words and, and wishes from everybody with uh, this new little man coming into the world. And, uh, you know, Thursday we're going to be doing uh, the uh, the what's the last thing you watch on YouTube. I know we're going to have some good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff out there, man. A lot of good stuff out there. Thanks for being dumb. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for doing stupid right, shit. Right, exactly, and making me laugh. 
<laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks. Tell your family, tell your friends. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Later. Later.